This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Morning, everyone. Morning. What a joy to be here this morning. Um, just sharing God's Word and what God has placed on my heart. And I want to say if there's ever been a word that was heavy on my heart and of which I've, I've got this excitement, then it's today. And uh, yeah, we're busy with our series, Stretched Out. And today, we're going to talk about Stretched Out Over Fear. Now immediately, wow, that's, uh, that might be me. Yes, I, I've, been, I've been there. I understand fear. I've, I've, I've dealt with that before. And uh, I'm excited because I believe God is going to do something awesome in our hearts this morning. I want to go straight to our scripture. Our key scripture is in Isaiah 54, and I always read from the ESV. So I know there's different translations. If you're on your phone, you can just click on the ESV version or or, or just follow as I read. But I want want to read there in Isaiah 54, verse 11. It says there, O afflicted one, storm tossed and not comforted. Now, doesn't that sound like a place where many of us has been before? Yeah. Afflicted, storm-tossed. I can relate to that. Now, that sounds to me like a breeding ground for fear. <laughs> you know, a place where I don't know what to do, where to go, or, or what to expect. But look what God says about that. He says there in verse 13, all your children, and he, and he refers to us as his children, all your children, us, shall be taught by the Lord. The Lord wants to be the one that teaches us when we're in a place of fear, anxiety, worry, a place of, of affliction, storm tossed. God wants to be the one who we run to. God wants to be the one that carries us through that that time, that embraces us, that's there for us, that journeys with you through that. He wants to teach you. Why? Because it says there, and great shall be the peace. God wants to give you peace, friends. I think of this story about this little boy in primary school, you know, um, uh, this boy uh, goes to school every day, but there's some bullies there that gives him a hard time. But this one day, his father went with him to school. And as they walked through the schoolyard, his father put his arm around his son. And, and a boldness came up on his son. A fearlessness. Because his son could walk through that school with no fear, worrying about bullies, because he knew someone bigger is with me. Someone stronger is with me. I'm in the presence of my father, bigger than the bullies. And today, I'm fearless. And I can walk with my head up, not being afraid of those around me, because I know whom I'm with. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to open our hearts, Lord. Lord, we want to be fearless, Lord. Come this morning, Father. Just reveal something of who you are in that place. The Father that you are in that place of turmoil, Lord. Storm-tossed. Not feeling comforted, Lord. 
pray, Lord, today, come and comfort us. Jesus. Amen. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God had an order that he put in place. Spirit, soul, and body. And it's interesting the devil doesn't have any, uh, uh, um, he, he can't do anything for himself, for himself. He doesn't have any initiative. He just takes what God puts in and just turns it around. So he says, no, it's first body. It's about my identity. How do I look? What do people think? It's about what, it's all about me, the focus on me. And then soul and spirit is somewhere there at the back. But God has placed the order, spirit, soul, and body. You know, in, in the beginning, in Genesis, when God created us, God said, let us create man in our image, in our likeness. And God made us spirit man. We have the character, the likeness, the image of God. But God also gave us a soul, our thoughts, our will, and our emotions, and then God gave us this body, this tent where we live in, this temple that, 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 that holds all this together and where we live in. And, uh, and it's very interesting that right in the beginning of time, the soul man was submitted to the spirit. The spirit ruled over sin ruled over our soul, ruled over flesh. And the soul drank from the Spirit. Living water flowed from God, from our spirit man into our soul man. And we received the beauty. We received the beauty and the love of the Father through the Spirit. But I want to say to you, the Garden of Eden wasn't a place without sin. Sin were present there. Because the father of sin and lies, the enemy, were there before man. You can see in Genesis 3 that when Eve spoke to the serpent, the serpent said, did God not say? And Eve said, yes, God said. They had a conversation as if they had that many times. Eve didn't get afraid and said, wow, a serpent is talking to me and ran away and went into fear. No, it seemed like she knew about his presence there, and they had this conversation, but the spirit ruled over the soul. Spirit ruled over sin. And I want to read to you then Genesis 2. I need to give you this background so you can understand where this comes from. Genesis 2 verse 25 says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Why were they not ashamed? Because when they looked at each other, they looked at each other through the spirit man. And when they saw each other, they saw the beauty, the likeness of Christ. They did not see the flesh, the physical, the nakedness, because spirit ruled over sin and over the flesh. But at some point, sin came into this world, and man sinned. And look what's the first thing that Adam said. 
So God came down into the garden as he did previously, looked for his son. He wanted to walk and talk to his son. And uh, so God came to this garden and he called his son and said, where are you? Then Genesis 3 verse 10. And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. Something happened there. You see, with sin, fear came. And fear stained our souls and infiltrated our soul, man. And something happened, a shift happened, the soul moved from out the presence of our spirit man. I want to read to you then Romans 5 verse 12 it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. You see, and suddenly we had a fear of spiritual death. We had a fear of physical death, but we also, it's, it's not only a, a physical or spiritual death. Fear also brought a fear for emotional death. Will I be loved? Will someone care for me? Am I beautiful enough? Will I belong? Sin also brought the fear for financial death. Will I make it? Will I have enough? Will I survive? Fear also brought a fear for intellectual death. Will I be smart enough? Will they choose me? Can I do this job? And through sin, fear came in with, with many ways. Fear for the future. Fear for our children. Fear for so many things that sin brought into this world. But Jesus had a plan. Romans 5 verse 8 says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 3, 20, 6, 23 says, For the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You see, when, when Jesus died on the cross for our sin and He stood up for our victory, something happened there. And what's the first thing? The first thing that the angel said after Jesus stood up out of the dead. Mary and her friends came to the grave and the angel said, do not be afraid. Matthew 28, 5. And just five scriptures, five, five verses later, Matthew 28, 10. What's the first thing that Jesus said when he saw them? Do not be afraid. You see, people, when, when Jesus died on the cross and when we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we say, Jesus, come and live in me. Jesus, be a part of my life. Lord, forgive my sin. Something happens. There's a shift that happens, and our soul moves back into the place of origin, the place that God intended it to be, the place where our spirit rules over our flesh and over our soul. And I want to show there, but something special. It's, it's, something special is about this situation now. 
I want to read to you then John. I hope you're following this. John 20, verse 22, it says, And Jesus said to them, As the Father has sent me, I will send you. Just before he went up uh, to heaven, uh, ascended to heaven, and, and, and he says there, And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now you see, Jesus, the godliness came in the form of the Holy Spirit and doesn't want to, want, just want to visit us. He wants to inhabit us. It's not only a visitation, but a habitation. He wants to come in and, and, and dwell with you. He wants to come and be part of your life. The Holy Spirit, God sent His Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us, to help us, to carry us through those situations. But how does that spirit look, what God has given us? This is amazing. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. People, what does the spirit not have? Fear. I did not give you a spirit of fear. What does the spirit have? Power, love, and self-control. What does the soul have? Fear. And when we have fear, what do we lack in? Power, love, and self-confidence. So there's an exchange that must take place. Am I right? Romans 2, 12 verse 2 says, Do not be transformed to this world, but be transformed to the renewal of your mind. You see, fear is a lie. Love is truth. Fear is rooted in sin. Love is rooted in Christ. Now 1 John 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punish, punishment, and whoever fears had not been perfected in love. So there's an exchange that must happen. We must give our fears to God, and we must receive the love of the Father in that place. I want to tell you this story about this lady. She worked in this uh, a big uh, a company, and at the end of the year, they have this year in function. And about two weeks before the year in function, she stood before a wardrobe and opened up it. And fear came over her. Because she said, I have nothing to wear. <laughs> and she said, what will the people think? I can't wear the same dress as last year. Maybe they'll laugh at me. I'll, maybe I'll feel like I'm not beautiful enough. And this fear came, and luckily she was a Christian, and the Holy Spirit could come in, and the Father could come and stand next to her and take her in his arms and say, say to her, you're my daughter. I love you. You are who I say you are. You are beautiful. You're a princess. And she could give her fears to God, and the love of the Father could come into that place.
You see, what happens when our soul comes under the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father, the beautiness of the Father comes and flows into us. He starts to fill us with His love, with His beauty, with who He says we are. And the more the Holy Spirit, the more the love of the Father flows into that place, the more fear flows out, the more fear, fear comes out. And where we filled up with the love of the Father... Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. It echoes Isaiah 54, verse 13. That says, I will teach you. The Holy Spirit will help us. In that moment, the Holy Spirit will come. When you're in fear, the Holy Spirit will come and remind you and say, This is who you are. This is who the Father says you are. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are overcomer. You can do this. You are good enough. And when we open for that and we receive the love of the Father, it starts to replace the fear. Because there's no fear in love. And we need to be open for the love of the Father so that the fear can flow out and the love of the Father can come in. Romans 8 verse 5 to 6. For those who live according to the flesh that set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Can you see? The love of the Father starts to infiltrate that place. The love of the Father chases away fear. Because fear cannot stand before love. Lie cannot stand before the truth. The darkness cannot stand before the light. It will flee. If you put that light on, darkness flees. If you bring in love of God, fear goes away. God wants us to come under His Spirit so that He can start to fill us with His love. Cleanse us. Replace the fear with love. I believe there's many of us sitting today and say, Lord, if I think about the future, there's anxiousness. There's a fear. If I think about my finances and the economy and things happening, Lord, there's, there's this fear that starts to grip me. Many of us, when we think about our children and their futures, there's this fear. My work, my business, my marriage, relationship, there's a fear that starts to grip me. Before we go on, I want to pray for us. And this, today, I believe... The Father wants to come, put His arms around each one of us, and He wants to pour His love into that place of fear. He wants to bring His truth into that place of lie. Can we just open our hearts this morning? Can we just surrender? Surrender. Because this fear has gripped us. We are tired. We don't want any more. Lord Jesus, Forgive me, Father. Forgive me, Lord, for fear, Father. 
for holding on to fear, Lord. I repent, Lord Jesus. And now I turn my eyes to you, Lord. Lord, and that lies, that fear, come and say that I'm not good enough, I won't make it, that the future is not good as when I worried about my children, worried about their future, worried about my future, finances, that fear, Lord, those lies, Lord, I expose them, I bring them into the light this morning. Maybe there where you sit, you know what your fears. Maybe just say it to the Lord, there where you are. Just say, Lord, I'm afraid for th- about this. I'm afraid about that. Lord, and now, give me faith, Lord, to hear your voice. Lord. Come with your love, Lord. What do you say, Lord? I am your protector. I am your provider. I am the strong tower to which you can run. I've overcome this world. I've overcome sin. I've overcome sickness, depression. Thank you, Lord, for your truth to come in and replace that place of fear, Lord. For we are in the presence of the Almighty God, bigger, stronger, and greater than the fears around us. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Remind us, Jesus, when we need that. Remind us of your love, Lord. Amen. Amen. But what now? What now? How do we go forward? Because fear is still out there. Fear is still hungry for us. The enemy is still there. Moses tells us how to deal with this. Because there was a time when the Israelites left Egypt and they were going to the promised land, but they came before the sea. And then when they looked back, they saw this army of Egyptians coming to kill them. And they were at a place of, of fear and said, Lord, how do we go through this? And Lord, how do we fight this? We're in a place, Lord, where we need you. And this is what Moses said to them. In Exodus 14, verse 13 and 14, says, And Moses said to the people, in that situation, I mean, just imagine being there. Moses said to the people, Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Moses says, do not fear, but do these three things. Stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord. Look and be silent. So the first one, stand firm. Stand firm for me means to have confidence. To say, yes, Lord, I will stand before the enemy because I'm confident in who you are. Because my strength is in you, Lord. Because I know, Lord, I'm not alone. You are with me. There's a confidence. And therefore, I can stand firm. In uh, Paul, in Philippians, we read about Paul when he was still Saul. We read this, he said, Though I myself has reason to, for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. 
circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Paul had confidence in himself. I've got the degree. I've got the experience. I've got the training. I've got the backup. I've got confidence in myself. I can do this. But then we read in Acts 9 verse 3, and suddenly on his way to Damascus to persecute the, the church, suddenly the light of God fell around him. And Paul fell to his face. And in an instant, he lost his degree. He lost his training. He lost the backup he had. He lost all confidence in himself. But he received something new. In Acts 9.17, he received salvation and the Holy Spirit. And now Paul had a new confidence. And that's why when Paul went into ministry, he could face shipwrecks. He could face beaten with a whip almost to death, left for death, starvation, times when there was no money, poverty, poor, times of he could face all those things because there was a new confidence that took hold of Paul to endure and stand through those things. Proverbs 3.26, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Psalm 27.3, Though an army encamps against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. People, if you stand before your ocean, your sea, doesn't look like there's a way. And the enemy is coming from the other side. Have confidence. Keep standing. Because you know that your God is with you. And the second one there, he says, see the salvation of the Lord. Now, see the salvation for me means to be expectant. I'm going to see something happen. God is going to come through. There's an expectancy in my spirit that I'm waiting for something to happen, a breakthrough. From Malachi, uh, uh, from, uh, um, yeah, from, uh, Malachi to Matthew was about 400 years. We don't know what, what happened there. And then Matthew came and Luke 3 verse 15 says, As the people were expect, had expectation. An expectation arose in the people because they needed a savior, someone to come and save them. And as the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. But he wasn't the Christ. He only showed and revealed the Christ to the people. But there was an expectancy in the people. God wants to come to a people that is expectant of him. When you come to church, come with an expectation. When you read Bible, read it with an expectation. When you pray, pray with expectations. When you worship, worship with expectation. Expect that God is coming to do something in your life. We are in the presence of Almighty God that wants to do supernatural things, that wants to move. 
It's his, it's, it's his heart to wants to do and move in our lives. Be expectant. Come with expectation. Don't come on a Sunday and say, I've ticked the box. Thank you, Jesus. I still qualify. I've been to church. No, friends. Doesn't qualify us. Because works doesn't qualify us. But relationship, that's what it's about. Come with the expectation that your Father is going to embrace you. And pour His love out into your life. That something is going to happen in your life. The third one. He says, but be silent. For me, that means to wait and listen. You see, friends, just with my personality, when stuff goes haywire and I feel like fear is coming, I just want to do something. I just want to get this thing sorted, organize this, do that. Come, let's, ch let's change, let's put this in place. I just want to, and sometimes I miss it. I miss God. And I make mistakes. When this comes, first, wait and listen. Jesus himself said in John 5, 19, I only do what I see the Father is doing. And if Jesus said that, how much more? Must I say that, Jesus, let me be silent, Lord. Let me wait. Lord, Father, where are you moving? Father, what do you want to do? What do you want to, where you want to go, Lord? Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. There was this blind man in Mark 10, Bartholomeus. He was sitting there on the side for how long? Waiting, waiting. But the day Jesus went past him, he jumped up, threw his cloak one side, ran to Jesus, and Jesus gave him a new cloak. Wait for the Lord, but when the Lord comes, throw off fear like an old cloak. And get the new cloak of love. The new cloak that God wants to clothe you with. With who, who is, He says you are. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 135. Wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in His word, I hope. I have an expectation. Friends, know today that if there's fear in your life, you can be fearless. In that moment, Holy Spirit, remind us. In that moment when fear wants to grip us and take hold of us, remind us, Holy Spirit, of the Father and the love of the Father and fill us with the love of the Father that we can overflow John 10, 10, I've come to give life and life in abundance, to overflow. Lord, come and overflow us, Lord Jesus. We want to overflow, Lord. We want to overflow, Lord. We want more of you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Bring your love, Father. And if you hear this morning and you say, I've never experienced that. I've never experienced the love of the Father. I've my soul is is 
is on its own and my soul needs to submit under my spirit. I haven't given my life to Christ. I haven't invited Jesus into my life. Friends, if you want to break free from fear, you need to invite Christ into your life. And I want to ask if there's anyone like that this morning that says, I haven't given my life to Christ. I haven't invited Christ. I want you to put up your hand today. Don't let another day pass. You don't know what's happening this afternoon. Is there anyone here that haven't given their life to Christ before? We want to pray for you. Is there anyone here that needs Jesus? Anyone, friends? Not sure. Want to make sure. It's time to step out of that boat. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.